Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Thursday, September 10th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez alongside my co-host John DeShazer. On today's show, we will have a breakdown, a preview of Sunday night's or Sunday afternoon's matchup against the Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On today's show, we'll also have a special guest in Pro Football Hall of Famer, Morton Anderson. We'll have a fantasy football breakdown from our very own Daniel Salerson. And then at the end, uh, Vice President of Digital Media, Doug Tatum joins the show to tell us a little bit about Dome at Home, a feature that is coming to you all year from your New Orleans Saints to get you exclusive access on what's going on inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, obviously in this first game that we don't have fans. JD, I know you've been sitting and waiting for me to finish my intro this whole time. Uh, as we approach the Sunday afternoon matchup, Saints versus Buccaneers, I think this is something that has been uh, circled on Saints fans' calendar all year or since the schedule came out, which seems like it was a year ago. Uh, but your thoughts going into Sunday, do you think the Saints are ready to go? Well, um, after all that, I turned a year older. But um, <laughs> Of course, they are. They've had a they've had a long time to get ready for this. Um, even though uh, the schedule is right on time as it was released, but everything in the interim between and who knew if the schedule was actually going to start on time? Who knew if it was not going to be delayed for a month, month and a half, two months? So, yeah, they. I, I think they're extremely ready. Now, the the thing is, you know, it seems like such a long time because there was no preseason basically. Um, I think everyone could have gotten by without OTAs and mini camps. Those are things that fans don't see anyway. But to not have the preseason games, that was huge. And so now everybody is kind of on the edge of their seats. And, and players, too, because they hadn't had that activity. Uh, none of these guys have played a game since, you know, January, uh, if you're the Saints. And so, you know, they want to get back at it. They want to get back on the field. They want to get into not just the contact but the competitiveness of playing against somebody else, and especially against a team that has gotten all the off-season attention as Tampa Bay. If you're a team that's playing Tampa Bay, in your mind, now you can say what you want to say publicly, in your mind you're saying we want a piece of these people because they've been getting all the shine, and here we are, a team that's already established or we're a team that's trying to get established, and we can kind of plant our flag in this game. So if you're the Saints, the three-time defending a three-time reigning NFC South division champs and another team in your division is getting a lot more shine and a lot more love than you are, you're probably thinking somewhat, you know what, I can't wait to get a piece of them. You know, I was thinking the other day, J.D., we as broadcasters have, we're, we're going to be doing a pregame show, Dome at Home, outside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and we've gotten the rundown, we've gotten our quote-unquote game plan, we kind of know what we're doing, uh, but like you said, we don't have preseason, so we haven't had that trial and error of figuring things out, so this first game, we're going to be going out there and figuring it out on the fly, kind of like the Saints are going to be doing, no preseason game, they're going to be going out first game, um, first rep, you, you know, they haven't hit, they, they were there were no joint practice, they haven't hit any other person other than the players in their own locker room, so they're going to go out there, how, how long do you think it's going to take to kind of maybe get those jitters out? Do you think it's going to be one drive, two drive? Do you think they're going to be great right off the bat, unlike we are going to be on the pregame show? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be perfect. I can just let you know that. You know, I'm a vet, and even though, you know, 
these are difficult circumstances. You know, you're just like a chameleon. So, you know. uh, all right, I, I gotta go. <laughs> but, Our, your connection's but, breaking up, JD. <laughs> but you know, I, I just I don't know how long it's gonna take for the Saints to get accustomed to this particular opponent because there are a lot of variables and unknowns with 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 Tampa Bay. Now, you got an idea of what Coach Bruce Arians likes to do. He's been there. You've got an idea of what Tom Brady likes to do. You've got 20 years of film of, of him in New England. But in what order <laughs> and how are they going to mesh those things up? Uh, how are they going to mix and mash those things? Who's going to be his multipurpose running back? It's not going to be Leonard Burnett. You know, that's not the job he's had in his first three NFL seasons. You know, is he a capable receiver? Yeah, but not the kind of receiver that Tom Brady is accustomed to having at running back. Uh, is Gronkowski the same guy as he was two years ago? He retired for a year, got his body right, feels like he's fresh. Is he the same guy? Is Mike Evans even going to play at receiver? Uh, that's another question that goes into it for Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin, who was fantastic last season, can he carry it over into this season? Uh, but a lot of things have to be adjusted too quickly if you're the Saints. And, you know, we've heard Coach Sean Payton say it a few times this week, you know, adjusting to what you see quickly you know can you can you adjust to it very quickly because again you know what Brady likes to do you know you know what Bruce Arians likes to do but you don't know how they're going to mix and match it together from the two composite systems and if you're the Saints you know hey some of it's going to be you know a little bit of wait and see okay we hadn't seen this this way from them or we hadn't seen this you know this is a tendency that they went away from uh, you know, a usual Tom Brady team. So those are the things that will have to be adjusted too quickly. So it's just, it's difficult to say how fast the Saints will be able to adjust to it, hopefully within the first quarter, quarter and a half, but you just never know in these situations. If you didn't see the injury reports yesterday for both teams, the headlining news was that Mike Evans was not at practice on Wednesday uh, due to a soft tissue issue. Um, and then according to Buck's reports on Thursday, he was not at practice in the first 20 minutes. We'll find out more this afternoon and as we go along throughout the week, but that's something to keep an eye on. As well as for the Saints, Marcus Davenport and Cesar Ruiz did not practice on Wednesday uh, due to their own issues going on. So something else we'll keep an eye on uh, as the week goes on. But JD, yeah, and, and quick interruption, Mike yeah. Evans, not just soft tissue, uh, hamstring, okay. um, which bothered him last year. If you're a receiver, obviously, hamstrings are pretty critical to what you do. And so if he's not fully functional um, or if he's slowed by that hamstring, now all of a sudden, you know, he might not be able to go in the game. And again, he might be limited by that. So, you know, receivers and, and hamstrings are really, uh, really sensitive issues. I was looking forward to seeing Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore because we know that the, the smoke, the beef, if you will, that has uh, transpired through the in those matchup in that matchup um, the past two seasons or a few seasons. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But my matchup to look out for, and I'm going to ask you your matchup to look out for, JD, is Tristan Wirfs versus Cam Jordan, the right tackle out of Iowa that the Bucks picked up. He's a rookie right tackle. He's going to be going against Cam Jordan. We know the problems that Cam Jordan can. Can, can cause on that for opposing teams offensive line. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Do you have a matchup that you're looking for, JD? Well, um, here's something that, well, I'm going to talk about your matchup first because okay. rookie obviously isn't on Cam Jordan's level, but what will help him is that there won't be fans there. Yeah. He'll be here. 
Uh, and so that will probably benefit him. Now, will he win that one-on-one -on -one matchup? I don't think so. Cam usually feasts on those kinds of situations, but you know, that will help him some. Uh, the, the, what I'm going to be looking at is uh, Brady and basically Demario Davis, because Demario is really good at deciphering uh, what an opponent does. He talked about his film study over, over the summer, and he's learned from some of the best, whether it be Ed Reed or, you know, I think he mentioned maybe Ray Lewis also, guys who helped him learn how to study film. Um, again, Tom Brady is so, you know, so wily. He's a veteran. He's seen everything. So he can do some things to throw you, but, you know, the quicker that DeMario can hopefully help get his teammates positioned, it will help this team defensively. And not just DeMario, I guess I should probably throw Malcolm Jenkins in there too, because if he's kind of the leader of that secondary, then he needs to get his guys aligned properly also. So I think that's kind of the, the chess game within the game where, you know, can these two veterans match wits with, with Tom Brady and hopefully uh, give their defense an opportunity to get to him, you know, in, in, in pass defense. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to sack a guy. If you hit him enough and <laughs> you get in his face enough, he's going to start to feel it. So hopefully they'll be able to, you know, get him off his rhythm, disrupt him enough uh, to where they can be successful on defense. Between Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Craig Robertson, I feel like the, our Saints defense is going to be able to get up enough for this game and kind of create their own energy, especially on the sideline for one another. Uh, I'm just going to apologize to the listeners. Someone's moving in right outside my at-home studio, and apparently they have a, um, a dolly that squeaks a lot. So I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> apologize to the listeners for that. Um, JD, Leonard Fournette was a pickup that the Saints, or excuse me, the Bucks um, got a few weeks ago, maybe halfway through training camp. Would you say halfway through training camp he got? Yeah, halfway, maybe, well, maybe probably even further than that. Yeah. Because, you know, he went to, he went to training camp with Jacksonville um, and, and, you know, Jacksonville for some reason publicly disclosed that, you know, they've been trying to trade him. They couldn't get anything for him and they finally released him. Yeah. Leonard Fournette's first time playing inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, even though he went to LSU, he went to St. Aug. So that's something, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to get really excited for playing inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Of course, it's going to be different without fans. Do you think we'll see a little bit more out of Leonard Fournette or do you think we'll see more out of Ronald Jones? Uh, it just depends. Situational. Again, you know, Ronald Jones probably more so fits the scat back type. Uh, that Tom Brady likes in the passing game. However, Fournette will fit some of the bigger back uh, qualities that, that he's had in New England, that Tom Brady had in New England. Uh, he's had some really effective guys who were big backs. Now, Leonard Fournette is going to be ecstatic to be playing in the Superdome, not just because he's home, but because he's playing with a decent team and a, and a really good quarterback for the first time in his NFL career. He's only been in the NFL for three years. Uh, he's had Blake Bortles, uh, he's had Gardner Minshew, and he's had some Nick Foles at quarterback. None of them, if you put all their greatest characteristics and all their greatest traits together in a basket, would equal a Tom Brady. Yeah. So, so Fournette has to be over the moon finally playing with a team where he probably won't see a whole lot of eight-man boxes uh, because they've got other weapons. But he's got a quarterback who's smart enough, uh, who's seen enough to really take a lot of the pressure off him. So he's probably as relaxed on one hand as he's ever been in his NFL career. And he's probably as excited as he's ever been in his NFL career because now he's got a chance. He's got a feel. 
he's got a chance to actually win something, and he's playing with a really good team. So I expect him to be jacked up playing in the Superdome. And, of course, it's the Saints' you know, responsibility to, to knock that jack out of him. <laughs> It's going to be all eyes on him. <laughs> Knock that jack out of him. I like it. Uh, J.D., we have a long show today, but before I let you go, your keys to the game as we approach Sunday. Well, if you're the Saints always, you got to stop a team's running game. You want, you want to make them one-dimensional. Even though it's Tom Brady, you want to put them in a position where they got to throw it because if you know they have to throw it, then your pass rush is more likely to be able to have some effect. You'll be able to get to the guy if you know he's got to throw it all the time. So you want to get ahead early. It's the Saints, and hopefully one of the ways to do that is, of course, to stop the run. If you can turn it over, that's beautiful if you're the Saints because the team that wins the turnover margin usually wins in the NFL. And um, you know what? The thing I'm going to be looking at is the Saints secondary against the Bucks receivers, even if Mike Evans can't play mm -hmm. because Chris Godwin is still really good. Yeah. Uh, Chris, um, Rob Gronkowski is a Hall of Fame tight end. They've got O.J. Howard at tight end also. So they've still got some weapons, whether or not Mike Evans plays. And the Saints secondary, you know, we raved about it in training camp, the way they were covering Saints receivers. Now we want to see if they can do it against another team's receivers, especially a guy like Chris Godwin. You won't shut a guy like that out. It's just hard to do in the NFL. But can they make it difficult for Tampa Bay on offense? And, of course, can the Saints run the ball? Because Tampa Bay only gave up like, you know, 70, I think 72 yards per game rushing last year, 3.3 yards a carry. And you heard the Saints say, you know, some of those three-yard carries are going to feel like, you know, 10-yard carries. You've got to be able to grind and stay multidimensional offensively because if you're the Saints and you can't run it, then they make you one-dimensional. And Drew Brees has got to throw it, and they know where your quarterback is going to be. So you want to be able to see if you can keep that offensive balance. J.D., one-dimensional is never a word that I would use to describe you if, if, if you know, I wouldn't either. nice today. I'm being nice today. Yeah, I wouldn't either, and that's just me being humble. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> I got to go. I have something to do. Uh, J.D., we appreciate your preview. Uh, we will see you on Sunday for our Dome at Home live preview an hour before kickoff. Well, we'll be there. I'll try not to melt, but we'll be there. All right, always great to have senior reporter for NewOrleansSaints.com. John DeShazer on the show. He'll be joining us all season long, of course. All right, next up, we have my interview with Morton Anderson, Saints legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He is talking about his newest podcast, Great Dane Nation. His first guest on the show is Archie Manning. So let's find out more about Morton Anderson, what he thinks as, about the Saints as they approach week one, and learn a little bit more about his new podcast. Morton, how are you today? Doing great. Just finished my workout. You know, I'm trying to get that done every day. That's one beautiful thing about this COVID environment is you, you got a lot of free time at home. I feel like people are going to come out of this either, you know, 20 pounds heavier than they went into it or maybe 20 pounds lighter. It's There's going to be no in between. No one's just going to stay the same. Everyone's going to go one spectrum or the next. Um, I'm trying to do the latter. I'm trying to me, go down. Me too. I went up for a while. Now it's time to kind of go the other way, I think. <laughs> me too. Uh, Morton, we actually have something in common, and I don't know if you know this, but my last name is spelled with a Z at the end, not an S, Gonzalez. Um, and most people spell it with an S. You, Morton Anderson, I'm sure a lot of people usually use the O at the end of Anderson. How frustrating is that? <laughs> it's, you know, it's something I've gotten used to. The only time it's kind of um, – a hassle is when people try to email me at 
add my email and they use O's, it'll bounce back to them. Oh they yeah. Go, hey man, you didn't get my email. I go, well, did you spell my name with an E? And, right. <laughs> and so basically, yeah, it's M-O-R-T-E-N-A-N-D-R-S-E-N. Right. Danish spelling. I think uh, I think my my parents get more upset when I get like awards or something and it's spelled wrong on that and they're like, oh, Bad. now we have to go back. <laughs> Certificates, you know, diplomas, right? You know, graduations, exactly. things like that. It's kind of it's kind of a buzzkill. I'm gonna be honest with you. Exactly. But, uh, you know, we're great. Uh, Americans are really good at nicknames, you know, and I've, I've got a bunch since I came here 43 years ago. And, you know, it's it just that convenient, you know, instead of Morton, it's Mort or Morty, or I'm sure you have kind of the same thing, right? And so everybody kind of abbreviates your name and gives you nicknames, which I think is a, kind of an endearing quality. In a way. Hopefully, if it's an endearing name. If it's a good one. It's yeah, not. if it's an endearing name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Morton, we're approaching week one of Saints football, Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think everyone has had this uh, kind of circle on their calendar ever since the schedule came back, came out, which seems like it was years ago. Um, yeah. But what are your thoughts as, you know, we're about three days out now from Saints kickoff against the Bucks? What are your, your overall thoughts? Well, the Saints are good. They're really good. I think it's the best team in the South, you know, in that division. I'd love to see the Superdome packed with fans, but that does, that's not going to happen. And so that's definitely not an advantage, a home field advantage that way. Tampa Bay still has to travel. They still have to, to manage that part. You know, I think the Saints are really explosive on the offense. It, it starts with Sean Payton and his uh, very imaginative, you know, offense. And then Drew Brees executes it. So much speed and explosiveness at, at the wide out position, at the specialist position. Yeah. We have a really good defense with depth, you know, very fast, very opportunistic. And we have the best kicking game duo in, in the league. So to me, on paper anyway, it looks like a really, you know, good Saint. They were good last year, and I think they underperformed in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they would agree against the Vikings. I, you know, so that was – but that was last year. I think we're, I think we're poised to go deep this year. I really do. I would agree. And, and, you know, you've seen this team for a long time. You've seen what Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been able to do. And it seems like, you know, it's a broken record. We talk about that chemistry every year. But it really is important, especially coming into this week one game, because you do have a really good quarterback in Tom Brady. No one's ever going to say, oh, it's Tom Brady. You can overlook him. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, but they're coming together for this first game. There's been no preseason. And Sean and Drew have the advantage, and really this entire Saints team have the advantage of little turnover on that team. How, how much do you think that's going to come into play in week one? I, I mean, Tampa Bay will have their game plan based on what, what they want to present, you know, and what problems they want to present to the to the Saints. I mean, strategy, that's NFL strategy. Let's let's find where's the weakness, you know. And so I, I'm not really sure where the weakness is with the Saints. I mean, I just don't see a lot of weaknesses there. That's the defensive backfield. That's pretty good. Linebackers that are pretty good. Defensive line, I don't think they can run on us. So. Again, Brady's Brady. We'll see. I mean, I think the advantage is to the New Orleans Saints because I think Breeze manages the game beautifully. You know, Sean Payton will have a fantastic game plan that's, uh, that, that falls into that comfort zone of what Breeze wants to do. Yeah. And they know each other so well. I mean, Breeze is 40, so he has to manage his game. Got to keep him healthy and vertical, right? So it's hard to throw that forward pass laying down. 
Yeah, he said on Wednesday he's on borrowed time and he's just going to go out there and, and yeah. let it loose. And um, that yeah, was awesome like to see from Drew. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And uh, he needs help. You know, he needs help from, from everybody to step up. And uh, hopefully we can run the ball. Maybe we can get in some manageable short third downs. We may not even get to third downs, but when we do, we don't want that third and eight, third and nine, you know. Give us that third and two, third and three. Yeah. Opens up the playbook, right? So. I do want to get into your podcast. Obviously, that's a huge reason why we had you on the show today. Um, special teams for the Saints. Obviously, you're a special teamer yourself. Um, but we've seen how much stock the Saints and Sean Payton have put into special teams. How much of a difference do you think special teams can make in a game? It's a third of it for sure. And it's, you know, it's field precision with Morstead and, and our return game. It's big. And he's the best at it. Yeah. And then you have Will. So Morstead is a huge, you know, huge asset. Not only uh, punting in the football, but holding for Will Lotz. There's so much uh, stability there. And with Will, I mean, Will's coming into his own. He's one of the premier top three guys in the league, for sure, as a place kicker. And that, that warms my heart, obviously, because that's near and dear to me. Um, so that's points on the board. Yeah. Every time we, you know, you stall in the red zone or even outside the red zone, you have a guy in Will Lutz that can extend the field, you know, can hit long bombs and his kickoffs too. So it, real weapons there and uh, good explosive return game. And I, I just think we, uh, to me, when I look at, at saying special teams, we're definitely top three in the league and have the best duo, like I said, in Morstead and, and Lutz. I picked up Lutz on my fantasy team, so fingers crossed on that one. Good move on your part, man. <laughs> really good move. Really good move. Probably one of my best. Um, Martin, you have started your own podcast. A lot of people are starting podcasts, especially in quarantine. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and what fans can expect from it? Yeah, absolutely. We just launched uh, last night, so the first episode's out there. It's called Great Dane Nation. It's presented by Vegas Insider and we're, uh, we're excited about it. You know, I, I realized when I retired that uh, I had a pretty big Rolodex of guys, gold jackets, leg NFL legends, you know, even music legends who love sports. So I'm not going to exclude anybody. But right now we'll have a guest every week. It'll be a weekly podcast. It'll be launched uh, prior to the games. We'll also have a Vegas insider handicapper to educate and to inform the online betting community about games. And uh, our first guest is Archie Manning. So I think Saints fans will, uh, it'll resonate hopefully with the fans in New Orleans and all, all Saints fans everywhere. So it's, a, it's a, you know, my, my goal anyway for the podcast is that it's informative, fun, you know, and maybe there's some, some inspiration there from the stories that you might not have heard before from these guys, these legends of the game who, you know, I feel uh, I have a connection to because I play, you know, either played with them or against them pretty much right. in my 25 years in the league. So I think we come from a little bit of a different perspective and angle. And it's not your typical podcast. You might hear things on our podcast that you're not going to hear on, on a typical uh, podcast um, just because of my relationship with these guys. So they may be able to open up a little bit more and um, give me some gold nuggets, you know, so. Very excited about it. I'm very proud of the Archie Manning episode. Like I said, it's out now on uh, VegasInsider.com. It's on Spotify. It's on all the platforms. So people can, I tweeted it out and, and put it out on social yesterday. And uh, if you guys will do the same, I really appreciate it. 
Morton, you've done a ton of pot of interviews in your day. How does it feel to be on the other side of it, kind of interviewing other people and kind of finding out more about them? And like you said, you provide a unique perspective because you are able to find out a little bit more about players and get a little bit more out of each one of your interviewees. Yeah, so let me, let me start by saying that when I was a player and I got asked questions, if I didn't like the question, I would redirect. I would redirect the, uh, the interviewer. Mm-hmm over to an area where I wanted to talk. And so having that knowledge and that information, that wisdom from my 25 years has given me, I think, a little bit of a perspective as to what these guys want to talk about. It's not, I don't want to just, you know, mail in a stock question or I want to, I want to talk about something that resonates with them that they're interested in engaging because then it, instead of the podcast becoming a Q&A, now it becomes a conversation. Right. And if I can get a conversation going, you know, 45 minutes goes really fast. And uh, the subject matter doesn't feel like, you know, he or she's on, uh, you know, on the stand, if you will. Mm -hmm. So it becomes much more of a, hey, we're just sitting on, uh, we're sitting on my patio and we're, we're, you know, we're having a glass of wine. We're going to talk, let's talk about your, you know, your career. Let's talk about some funny stuff. Let's talk about the locker room. Give me some funny stories about XYZ. You know, Archie, I didn't know this about Archie, but you know, when he went to Old Miss, they honored him after he left. And so the speed limit at Old Miss is 18 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Campus. And then when Eli made, you know, won the two Super Bowls, Eli, they also honored Eli and they made it 10 miles an hour on parts of the campus. So when you go to Oxford, Mississippi and Old Miss, you'll see 18 miles an hour and 10 miles an hour for Archie Manning and Eli Manning. That's Stuff awesome. like that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, you haven't redirected me, so I feel like I'm doing okay so far. You're good. <laughs> or have I? I? I don't know. Maybe you're playing <laughs> some mind games on me, some gamesmanship. Um, Morton, before I let you go, I, I have to ask, and I'm getting more into the, the wine um, area of my life. Uh, I haven't always been a big drinker, but I'm trying to get more into it. What's, what's your wine of choice? You know, good juice to me is, is important, so the winemaker is important. I don't like mass-produced stuff. I mean, I like I like these single vineyards, smaller vineyards, boutique vineyards, cult wines that are hard to find. And uh, I, I, you know, I grew up in in Denmark, and my parents bought a, a country house in southern France when my brother and I, twin brother and I, were really young. Mm. And uh, we've been going there for forty some years, fifty years probably, actually. Gosh, I'm 60, maybe even more than 50. Anyway, a really long time. A good old realization. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, time just flies, man. (laughs) So we have Grenache grapes attached to the house, which is a really nice uh, grape. And in that area, you have the Mouverdre, the Syrah, the Grenache. So I like really fruit-forward wines. I don't like heavy tannins. That takes forever. Like when I want, when I open a bottle of wine, I want it. I want to be able to drink it. I don't want to have to aerated for an hour before I can drink it. Although the big wines deserve that, yeah. but how often are you going to drink $700 bottle of wine? You know, my sweet spot is that $20 wine. That's really good. Juice, right. 15 to $20. I call it drink me now wine. You know, it's, it's I have a little shelf in my wine cellar. It's because Jen, my wife never knows. She goes, what can I take in here? They're like, oh, it looks so <laughs> fancy. Right. Go right to that drink me now section, honey. You can grab whatever you want. <laughs> And in that drink me now section is really good wine, you know, that you can, you can get for $15, $20. So um, 
I don't know if that answers your question, but it does. I need I need that that drink me now section in Win Dixie that I can just say, hey, fifteen twenty dollars. That is that's my area, and I love that you call it juice. By the way, that's that's a great name for one juice. Well, it's juice, fermented juice. Right. Right. Well, Morton, uh, last thing before I let you go, I know I've said that a few times now, but I went to your website and you have a picture of yourself on the Atlanta Falcons in yeah. Atlanta Falcons uniform. Come on. You spent 12 years with the Saints. Only, you know, you had the best a picture uniform. I could find. You know, <laughs> if I had to go with a Saints picture, I'd have a mullet. I would have, uh, you know, I would be in my 20s. So I, don't, I felt like it didn't give a, a true, rep it is a true representation of my history, obviously. I'll, do, I'll tell you what, I'll talk to my web uh, designer and we'll get a Saint. We have Saints photos in there. If you go to the photos, there's a ton of Saints photos in there. Right, right, of course. Well, I just, of course, had to pull your leg on that one. Of course, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Morton, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for sharing some juice knowledge. Uh, Great Day Nation, don't forget, guys. Great Day Nation, looking forward to listening to it. Can you remind fans again where they can go and find that podcast? Any platform but VegasInsider.com. It's on Spotify, but all your platforms going to have it out there that whatever you listen to your music on, just go to the podcast, just Google or just search for Great Day Nation. It should come up. Great Day Nation. And also you can follow Morton on social media and it is right there on the top of his Twitter page. Morton, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, it's time now for our fantasy football segment. Uh, it is on Thursday this week, but as we go forward, it'll be every Wednesday. We'll have fantasy football insight from you from our Daniel Salerson, and he will be joined by Sports Illustrated fantasy host, analyst, and editor Ben Heisler. He will join Daniel on each segment of fantasy football. So let's go ahead and get into their interview. Daniel, take it away. All right, thank you very much, Caroline. Yes, fantasy football and the NFL season begins today, and uh, we have someone that's going to help you with your fantasy football lineups every week. Joining us now is Ben Heisler, host, analyst, and editor for SI Gambling and SI Fantasy. First off, Ben, happy new year, happy game day, and I, I can't believe we've gotten to this point. I, I can't believe we've gotten to this point here either. It's been a fascinating last several months. I feel like we hit such a high from the Super Bowl parade. I'm in the Kansas City area okay. uh, to the start of COVID and then watching everything unfold over the last several months. We had a draft. Um, we had some elements of a preseason, even though there weren't any games. You had all the teams coming together, practicing in their own respective bubbles. And yet somehow we have made it to the start of the season on Thursday night. It's a pretty remarkable accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Ben is going to be with us every Wednesday as far as helping you set your fantasy football lineup. But it's been a, a different year, as you mentioned, Ben, when you were going through your drafts or, or trying to rank some people. How tough is it without any preseason games? Yeah, I would actually say that from sort of your entry level, nothing really changed, right? You know who you, those first you know, 12, 24, maybe even 36 picks are likely going to be. There's not going to be anybody from the preseason that all of a sudden jumps out and you say, oh, we've discovered something. You know, you are going to hear about maybe a couple of the quarterback battles. Maybe uh, the Patriots wouldn't have announced Cam Newton right away compared to when they did. Same thing with Chicago and Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. But, um, you know, I, I think where you have the preseason as an advantage is, A, on the daily fantasy side, it gives you an opportunity to learn some of those sort of key backup role players that uh, maybe in later weeks, uh, especially week 16, week 17, when a couple teams are sitting out some of their guys, you have a distinct advantage towards knowing, you know, who's going to be that next man up, who's going to have that opportunity to take advantage of a situation. Um, so that's normally where I would consider the 
the advantage to actually be. But as far as drafting your teams, I think for the most part, with the exception of some of the rookies that we would have liked to see this year, uh, we kind of had a general idea of where folks were going to go and, and how teams generally viewed a lot of these guys. I'm glad you brought up the rookies because it seems like rookie running backs are, are, are people that are being drafted early on, even though you really don't know if they're going to be tandems or if they're going to get the starting gig. Right. As far as drafting rookie running backs, where would you go as far as the top ones that are probably a surefire going to be in the starting lineup? Well, I think the first one you have to look at is uh, here in Kansas City with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is somebody that, you know, even after he was drafted in Kansas City, the Chiefs still had Damian Williams, who was a Super Bowl hero. Uh, still had Daryl Williams on the team. Uh, they drafted Darwin Thompson a season ago. Um, you know, with Edwards-Alaire, he's such a good fit in Andy Reid's offense. You know, similar to, to what you have in New Orleans, where you have just a dynamic pass catcher in Alvin Kamara who can also run the ball effectively as well. Uh, the Chiefs see Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that role. Eventually, he's going to be that three-down running back. Um, and I think that's why the, the fantasy community is so high on him. He's gone from, you know, the fantasy running back 15 in points per reception leagues all the way up to, you know, in some places a top five running back off the board going ahead. I actually saw him in a high stakes league um, go ahead of Alvin Kamara. Now I wouldn't do that. Um, I've certainly seen the fact that Alvin Kamara has three consecutive seasons of 81 catches. The fact that he played through a pretty serious injury last year. Uh, Kamara is number four on my big board this year, but uh, Edwards Allaire is the real deal. And uh, the fantasy community seems to be embracing him. So he's probably that top rookie off the board this year. Then you go down to Jonathan Taylor. Second round running back out of Wisconsin is a perfect fit with the Colts system. Now they still have Marlon Mack. They still have Naheem Hines in the way, um, but it'll just be a matter of, I'd say, a handful of weeks before Taylor establishes himself as that primary three down running back. So he's going to get in the mix, uh, sets up for a great fantasy schedule. He's going off the board to sort of that running back 16 through 20. Um, and then it gets a little bit more dicey. You have Cam Akers with the uh, Los Angeles Rams coming out of uh, trying to remember where he went to school last year. I think he's the Florida State guy. Yeah. Um, they have a three-back committee with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson as w- uh, uh, in there as well, but they're anticipating that he's going to be the starting back. Uh, J.K. Dobbins right now is fourth on the depth chart in Baltimore, but he's a second-round rookie running back, and only two people in the NFL had more carries uh, than J.K. Dobbins last year, and that was at the college level. You had Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, so he is prepared for an NFL workload uh, and has a fantastic fantasy playoff schedule. So Dobbins uh, Dobbins, to me, is probably one of those really high upside guys that you wait on those first handful of weeks, let him figure out the offense, let him start to establish himself into that team, uh, and he's somebody that could win you your league. And those are sort of the big names that you're seeing as far as rookies go. Wide receivers, Henry Ruggs is a guy that's going late in drafts with uh, the Raiders. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson, who's taken on the Stephon Diggs role. Uh, one guy that I'm very big on is Jalen Rager uh, coming out of TCU. He was the first round draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Um, that's somebody that they need wide receivers and they need wide receiver depth badly. He's going to miss the first, maybe second week with the shoulder injury. But once he gets going, uh, that has somebody that has tremendous upside potential in 2020. I don't recommend anyone actually drafting today, but there still might be some people out there that are going to finish up their drafts in the, in the next couple of days, even though there is a game tonight between the Texans and the Chiefs. So is there anyone in the last couple of days um, with all these transactions, with all these moves that is maybe on the rise that people should keep an eye out on? I don't know if they're necessarily guys that have really skyrocketed maybe in the last day or two, especially with roster set. And we now know who's going to be the starting options. Um, who's going to be sort of at the top of the depth chart. I'd say the big name that, that really has gone up in the last day or two is Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. 
Um, you know, especially with the release of Adrian Peterson, he goes and signs with the Detroit Lions. Uh, that likely catapults Gibson to the to at least the running back that's probably going to get the most amount of snaps in Washington. He's not the number one starter on the depth chart. That's currently J.D. McKissick. They have Bryce Love in the mix as well. Uh, Peyton Barber, uh, who you guys are familiar with uh, from his time in Tampa Bay, is also a part of that roster. Um, but Gibson is the guy that the coaching staff really um, has been raving about. They like his ability, uh, his speed after the catch, uh, somebody that can play in all sorts of different areas. They really think that this guy can be special. Um, and it's a coaching staff that coached Christian McCaffrey the last several years in Carolina. So that's a big name to watch out for. Uh, and then even in Jacksonville, somebody like James Robinson, who was probably fourth on the depth chart when Leonard Fournette was still there, now he's the number one option on the depth chart for Jacksonville. They're just not going to run all that much because they're going to be down in a lot of these games. But uh, another name that was probably an undrafted guy uh, that's now all of a sudden starting to sneak into that top 150. Excellent stuff there. Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated Gambling and Sports Illustrated Fantasy. Um, let's end with the Saints and Bucks game. Big one on Sunday afternoon on national television. I want to start with the Bucks because there's a they have that wide receiver tandem with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We saw what Chris Godwin did last year. And when drafting them, they seem like they're in pretty close range as far as when you should pick them. Is there any difference between picking the two if you're drafting or whether you're starting them? Or um, I guess it's going to be the rundown on those two as a, as a tandem wide receiver duo. Yeah, well, right now, if you're looking at past results, Chris Godwin actually finishes a top five points per reception wide receiver a season ago. Uh, that was at J with Jameis Winston at the helm. And now he's getting Tom Brady, uh, who loves targeting that slot wide receiver. Think about all those big games that he's had with Julian Edelman over the last handful of years. And now you get Chris Godwin, who's bigger, more explosive, faster in the middle of the field. Uh, Tampa Bay has just so many mismatches uh, from that offense. You have Mike Evans on the outside. Uh, Rob Gronkowski's coming in, assuming that he's healthy that's a mismatch they still have oj howard in the mix as well um you know justin watson scotty miller all these different guys are intriguing options uh in that offense so i, I look at chris godwin as arguably you know a top three top five fantasy wide receiver this year um and maybe unfairly it's pushed mike evans a little bit lower i think people are looking at tom brady saying well this is somebody that doesn't throw the ball deep anymore well there weren't many guys to go out and get the deep ball for him in New England the last couple of years. Just wasn't the case, and so that wasn't a part of their game plan. I still think Mike Evans is a terrific talent. He's probably a third-rounder, very good value in the fourth round for fantasy leagues. But uh, if you're asking me who I prefer out of the two as far as a fantasy value is concerned and fit with the offense and the quarterback, uh, it's absolutely 100% Chris Godwin. On the other side of the ball, of course, we all know what Michael Thomas can do and must start in every league. But as far as the number two wide receiver there in Emmanuel Sanders, the newest addition for the Saints, where does he stack up? Even if we're just going with this week as far as stardom, sit him, um, must play, where does Emmanuel Sanders fall in that category? I think he's in play. I think a lot of experts are looking at this game. And I think if you look at the, the current uh, projected total for this game, it's right at about 49, maybe 49 and a half. Uh, so there are a lot of folks that are anticipating it being a high scoring affair. I, I'm not of that belief. I, I think it's going to probably hit the under just because these are two really good defenses too. Bucks were the best team in the NFL and DVOA at stopping the run a season ago. I uh, had some issues with the pass, but uh, they got better as the season uh, went on. Uh, and then conversely, the Saints, we know their ability to get to the quarterback, put pressure and Tom Brady isn't necessarily the most mobile of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Cam Jordan could be in line for a, a big game uh, coming up on Sunday. So, as far as Emmanuel Sanders goes, I think he's in play. It's a nice, reliable slot option for Drew Brees. But you know, again, you know, Jared Cook was really efficient in the second half of last season. Uh, 
tight end, actually, I think that's going a bit under the radar this year, especially with this, with, you know, how often he's targeted in the red zone. Um, you know, you still have Kamara to be able to, to move around. Uh, Latavius Murray can get some goal line carries, but um, I, I just kind of look at Sanders and say, you know, in years past, I would have had him much higher with new Orleans. I just don't necessarily know what his role will be. So you know, he's a wide receiver. You can probably get maybe the 10th, 11th or 12th round. I just don't think he's going to get the type of targets that we've seen from him in years past, just because the saints have so many options on offense. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see how that plays out this week as Tampa Bay and New Orleans collide in the Superdome on Sunday. It's Ben Heisler, host, analyst, and editor for SI Gambling and SI Fantasy. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Heis, H-E-I-S. Ben will be on every Wednesday to help you with your fantasy football lineups. Ben, great stuff from you, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, Daniel. Always appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to this. All right, Caroline, back to you. Thanks to Daniel and Ben for that fantasy football insight. We'll keep you updated with all of your fantasy football insight. Every Wednesday episode will make the transition back to three days a week starting next week. But before we let you enjoy your Friday and Saturday, before the first Saints kickoff of the season, we wanted to give you some insight on this weekend's game and how things are going to go. Obviously, we know it's going to be a little bit different with no fans inside the Superdome for that first game. But we have a guest on today's show, the Vice President of Digital Media for the New Orleans Saints, Doug Tatum. Doug, first of all, welcome on. Thanks for having me, Caroline. Of course. So, uh, like I said, things are going to be a little bit different for fans this year. But what is the digital media team doing differently this year to make that experience as close to, to regular as they can for fans? Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do is bring the dome experience into everybody's home. So we're, we're calling it Dome at Home, and we're trying to take some of the most important ritualistic elements of the game experience in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome and put it on everybody's mobile device, right? You know, it's called the second screen experience, but nowadays everybody's phone is almost their first screen experience, right? And the TV second screen, so... Things like the, the pregame chant led by Drew Brees and Demario Davis, the national anthem is going to be available on the Saints app. Um, all this stuff uh, that I mentioned is going to be available on the Saints app uh, presented by Verizon. Uh, player introductions for the first time ever. Uh, fans outside of the Superdome are going to be able to watch player intros, and it's going to be kind of the normal show uh, that they're putting on inside the Dome, so that's going to be cool. Um, you know, the initial countdown to kickoff, we're going to present that on the app as well. There's going to be a halftime show that I, I don't want to give too much away, but there's going to be a halftime show that we're going to let people um, watch on the app. And one of the things that you're part of, right, um, that I'm really excited to watch is our pregame show this year with you and John DeShazer. It's expanded in the past. It's only been about 10 minutes. Uh, this season, it's going to be a 45-minute show. A lot of work has gone into that, uh, and that will be available on the Saints app. And then you can also watch it on Facebook, Twitter, or the Saints YouTube channel. So wherever you are in the media space, that show is going to be available for, for our fans to watch. And the same thing with our postgame show. Um, so, again, it will be you and John breaking down the action from the game against Brady and the Buccaneers, and then live coverage of Coach Payton, Drew Brees, and selected other players after the game. Um, one other element that we're, we're adding, trying to create a sense of community, you know, one of the great elements of game day in the Superdome is everybody coming, coming together for a common cause, right, to celebrate and showcase their love of the Saints.
creating a live game chat hosted by your friend Todd Graffinini, and he'll have a special guest in there, Saint, former Saints cornerback Keenan Lewis. Uh, he's a New Orleans native uh, who's now a, a local high school football coach as well. So Todd and, and Keenan will be sharing their insights and be engaging in dialogue with fans back and forth throughout the game. Um, and again, the best place to access that will be on the Saints app presented by Verizon. Not sure if I know of two more passionate Saints fans than those two people. So I'm sure the dialogue on that chat will be uh, certainly interesting. Yeah, I've asked for Graf to be unplugged, you know, not his <laughs> calm broadcaster, Todd Graffinini, but <laughs> Graf the Saints fan. So um, I'm eager to see what that experience is like. So two questions real quick. The only way that the people can access all of the stuff you just mentioned is by downloading the Saints app. Is that it? Do they need to do yeah. anything else after they download That's it? That's it. It's available on iTunes, Google Play. Um, you know, and in addition to all those new features we're talking about that we're going to be giving fans, you know, we've always had the best live stats feed um, available out there. So that will still be there. And then you'll have access to the breaking news and John's articles, um, photography from director of photography, Michael Aber, just all our, our normal coverage, plus all of these in-game elements that used to be just for the fans of the Dome. But since we don't have fans for this first game, we want the whole world to be able to feel like they're uh, taking part in the game experience. And I'm not so sure if you know the answer to this question yet because so much is still unknown, but do you know how long this dome at home experience will be going on, all of the features that you just mentioned? We're, we're going to do it all season, even though hopefully we, we hope very soon that we'll have fans back in, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But um, we're going to start it and we're going to, we're going to roll it out for the entire season. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Doug. We appreciate your time and make sure everyone downloads the Saints app. Thank you, Caroline. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seeky. Just a packed show for you all as we approach week one. More good stuff to come. As I've mentioned earlier in the show, next week we will be moving back to the every Monday, Wednesday, Friday format. So be sure to keep an eye on NewOrleansSaints.com, your Saints app, and iTunes for more Saints podcasts. This weekend, as Doug mentioned, we will have Dome at Home all of your content for the Saints game leading up to the Saints game. We'll have stuff going on all morning, after the game, during the game, live stats, everything that, that Doug Tatum mentioned uh, in his portion, we will have by downloading the Saints app. You can have it. There's no excuse for you to not have it. You need to be the number one Saints fan and download that Saints app. And don't forget to turn your notifications on. Also, if you happen to run out during the game, get some food, get some curbside pickup, you can watch the game on live stream by using your Saints. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the show today. That'll do it. We'll tune in on Monday of next week to hopefully recap a win. Talk to you next week.